Welcome to the Total Car Score Podcast, bringing you the world of cars from inside the car. And now your hosts, Carl Brower, Lauren Fix, and Javier Mota. Welcome back to another episode of the Total Car Score Podcast with uh, Lauren Fix and Carl Brower. And this, in this episode, we're going to talk about all Japanese brands. And uh, we have uh, Richard Hollingsworth from Lexus and just let's start by the good news. Congratulations again for getting to the number one position in the J.D. Power and Associates study. Well, thank you very much for everyone for having me. Yes, we are very proud of the of the award of getting back to being number one. Like I said, being 30 years in the industry, we've definitely accumulated a lot of awards, but it goes up and down, of course, in the marketplace. But it's nice to know that customers and our dealerships and everyone in the marketplace has recognized the Lexus brand again. And then, like I said, it's nice to be number one to show you that we've definitely listened to our customers took it back to the factories made the adjustments we needed to and bring that quality back up to where it's been since like you said our inception 30 years ago so it's been definitely a great uh kudos to us and the brand all right well this is great yeah a lot of new things coming out with lexus i was really excited and impressed to see the is 500 got to tell us about it because I'm really looking forward to driving it. Yeah, we are excited as well. And based off last week's reveal and the, the just the initial feedback that we've seen just on the social media and our internal numbers, it's been impressive. Like I said, so much positivity for just a sweet spot in our lineup with the IS in particular. Like I said, for so many years, we've had a lot of uh, uh, wonderful luxury vehicles. We've uh, had some great performance ones out there, including the original ISF. Like I said, so based off our market, and working with uh, TMC, it's like, all right, we have an opportunity here to enter what we call the mid-performance market. And this is exactly where the IS500 S-Sport performance fits right in here. We found out that there's a lot of consumers out there who really enjoy the vehicle, but they said, I need a little more power, but I don't need maybe all of the bells and whistles of a track performance F model, which we still offer, of course. So the IS500 fits right in there. So it is our performance one. It comes with that wonderful five liter naturally aspirated V8 engine, which as you've probably seen from uh, other news in the market, it is a rare breed to have a V8 uh, in a vehicle this size. So we're very proud of it, bringing 472 horses, 395 pounds of torque through a, a wonderful eight-speed transmission, like I said. And of course, uh, Lauren, you, you've seen the photos, everyone's seen the photos, but the sweet spot about this vehicle is definitely when you start it up, you know you have a V8 under the hood, that quad exhaust just rumbles. It is a wonderful vehicle. So myself, Ryan, and our Lexus team are very, very happy with the way this vehicle has been received so far that's awesome i'm a naturally aspirated girl i've got a lot of them in the garage this would be a nice nice piece to have it's going to be really popular exactly yes and like you said we've not just like you said the engine is one piece but we've also just enhanced the vehicle because we want to make sure that when it is taken out on the whatever roads the guests would love to take it on we've increased the brake size we've actually uh, by an inch across all four uh, rotors um, brake enhancements have been also for cooling, of course, have been enhanced. The vehicle is about just 143 pounds lighter, so it's definitely still uh, very agile for the track or for on the road. We've actually had the Yamaha rear performance dampeners for increased stability. And, and of course, the vehicle already comes standard with, from last year's introduction in the IS, the dynamic handling package that you see on the vehicle in the 350 models. So you have standard AVS and you have standard uh, limited slip uh, differential on the vehicle. So we definitely make sure that when a customer knows that when I step on the gas, 
they still have that peace of mind that I know I can do the cornering, I can do the braking, I got everything under control for this vehicle under the performance brand here for you. So, um, Richard, that's a really, really great because lately we've been having uh, on this podcast in, in every news outlet, obviously, everything is electric, everything is hybrid, everything is uh, SUVs. So it's great that a company like Lexus is still putting their resources and efforts into this quote-unquote normal car, right? So what's the market for that? Because, I mean, obviously you do, you, you've done your studies and like your marketing research and all that kind of thing. So kind of known the answer but i want to hear from you why is this still happening exactly you you you, you hit a, a great uh, point there javier like you said lexus of course is known as in toyota as well but lexus had known it for the luxury hybrid introduction since the first rx 400h and like i said we just have the whole palette of different powertrains but for this particular vehicle we've from our search research excuse me we just sense that we know there's the mid-performance market to against the sorts of our competitors, such as the C43 from Mercedes-Benz and 340i M from BMW, of course, and S4. So we recognize that. We understand there are people in our in the IS family who love a little more of this powertrain. So we developed it specifically for that. At the same time, understanding that it needs to be at a certain price point. And when the vehicle gets launched later this fall, it'll be definitely competitively priced, of course. But we just sense, like you said, as much powertrain options are out there for electrification and hybrid, which we we love our hybrids. Like I said, that has put us on the map. We look moving forward with more opportunities in the future, of course. But we understand that there are those, if we call them old school opportunities oh. here. And that's what I love to call it. Because like I said, I'm growing up in the muscle car era. You know, all of these vehicles, like I said, that you just know when you hear the word that there's a vehicle still out there with a V8, it just knows that there is going to be a certain clientele that just are just going to be attracted to it. And like you said, I uh, reiterate the numbers again, where this is going to be this 472 horses, as much as we loved our ISF from the introduction, this is a hundred, uh, excuse me, that's almost uh, from 416 to 472. That is definitely a massive increase of horsepower and more torque. So it's definitely going to be there with all the latest, of course, Lexus refinements that you're accustomed to from, as we discussed earlier about the um, JD Power Awards, the fit and finish you're still going to be accustomed to when you're in the vehicle. The materials are going to be top-notch. All the craftsmanship from our Takumi specialists are all there. But the idea that you get the almost whole package of a great-looking IS vehicle that we introduced last year, and now we've taken it to the new level. We call this the halo in the IS family because it is the top-notch in the vehicle. It is, a, it is the debut of the performance brand. And we just know, like you said, there is just that clientele of individuals that just know that this is a vehicle they're looking for. And like I said, it, it could be for those who've known the brands, that you, all three of you, for 30 years, you've known, oh, I know Lexus does this and that. But there are those who maybe look at us for a second look to go, you know what? But before, I just thought they did maybe luxury vehicles, and I understand they had a couple of performance, but this one is definitely something unique that I can get a almost a sleeper car to a point if, like I said, we have the badging on the car, but there is a certain point to that. You see that bulge in that hood, you know there's some business underneath that hood. And then, like I said, <laughs> and then once you hear the exhaust, like I said, I can't wait for all of the journalists and everyone later in the year to start driving the vehicle because there is just a uniqueness of when the car starts up, of course, but it's also when the car is just in drive and sitting and idle like it's in your garage. It is yeah, just I, one of I those think, things. Uh, yeah, I think Kali is going to be number one in that <laughs> line of people. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to gonna fight him for that. I don't know. I'd love that. I'd, I would like to have that's. Are you going to limit the production of that, or is that pretty much if you want them, we'll build them? Exactly. Like I said, like I said, we have the, like I said, if the market is out there, we can definitely build them for them. Like I said, like I said, it'll still be a very uh, unique um, 
clientele that are looking for this particular vehicle, but we can definitely have the production to take care of those who definitely want it there. So we would never would ever want to have to turn away a customer or a guest that we don't have any more available. Like I said, we want the demand to be there and we want to have the production ready to, to meet that demand. So looking for this fall is when we plan to have it go into production and go on sale. So, and of course, more pricing and more options and more colors and other available items we'll talk about closer to the launch. But that is the plan. Make as many as we can to get them into guests' hands and get them into their garage and then put them out there on the road. Yeah, I think there's still, I mean, obviously, as you said, like there are so many things that uh, people love about Lexus and people who drive them uh, don't want to go to anything else. But in, in this particular segment, there's less models, let's say, but like when people know the brand, they probably want to see what else is the in the other brand, right? Like, And that's that's the, the, the beauty of it for consumers. Exactly. You hit it. Like you said, we'll always, our brand for the past 30 years through all of our wonderful dealerships, of course, will always take care of the loyalists in our brand. Like I said, the IS has been around since the summer of 2000. So we're in the fourth generation. So we understand there are those IS uh, loyalists will always be with us. There are those who've driven our RCF and our GSS, but you're right there, Javier, is that they're looking at those from the uh, competitive set, from our German competitors, from our other uh, competitors in the domestic market that says, hey, I drive currently a 340i or an S4 from Audi, but let me look at, like I said, let me take a second look at Lexus. This is definitely something that I didn't know they could really do in this type of package. And then hopefully, like I said, once the pricing all comes out, it's that same idea. Like maybe I should take them a second look. Like I said, not just that we win awards, but we're actually brought products that consumers really want that fun to drive element from. So it's one of those sweet things is that we can put you behind the wheel. You're connected to the wheel, the Lexus driving signature feel, you feel the car, you'll feel the, like I said, with this V8 going down the road so you're exactly right that we definitely love our loyalists who made the brand what it is today but we're definitely looking at some conquest opportunities out there from from those guests who can give us a second look carl well i, I you don't have to <laughs> guess that i'm extremely excited about this kind of evolution that we're watching with uh lexus um i've always felt the brand had like you said the the reputation for the quality the reliability the resale value uh my days at kelly blue book it was just like you know you, you didn't really have to wonder which car was going to win which brand was going to win the resale value every year and, and the, certainly the luxury and the refinement i know that there's been a real push from uh akio toyota at the top of uh of the org chart there to want to put passion into all of the divisions that he's overseeing including lexus and i I always love hearing that from a, a leader. I love it even more when you see it happening because a lot of times you hear that, but it it's becomes, you know, kind of talking points and not necessarily reflected in the product. And I don't think there's any denying the reality that you guys have executed on what I've been hearing him say for the last few years. You said you've been at Lexus for a while. What's it been like inside? What's the atmosphere in, like inside the company right now? Is there a, is there more kind of excitement about this kind of uh, performance and emotional appeal that you've been able to execute on than there than you remember from the past. It Richard, is. Uh, Richard, oh, go ahead, uh, yeah. let, let me interrupt you because I think that your answer is going to be quite long because there's a lot of talk about there. So let's go back to a second segment with that. Okay. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Total Car Score podcast with Carl Brower and Lauren Fix, and we are with Richard Hollingsworth with Lexus. And again, um, we interrupted his <laughs> answer at the end of the first segment. So go ahead, Richard. I mean, there's 
there's a lot going on with uh, Lexus and the, the automotive industry. So uh, can you please uh, go ahead? Yeah, by all means, like I said, you hit you, you hit a perfect spot there, uh, Carl. Like I said, being with the brand for a long time, we've seen definitely the evolution of some of our vehicles with the introduction, of course, with the, some of the early design language with the spindle grille and moving on to the next generation of uh, the SUVs and the introduction of, of definitely a lot more SUVs from just the RX and the LX at the beginning. But in, uh, as speaking today, it is definitely a lot of excitement. Like I said, we can't go into a lot of details of what's coming down the pipeline yet, but definitely this is definitely a teaser of what's to come like i said if you're excited about the is 500 there are plenty of more opportunities like i said this is the launch of the performance brand uh, f sport performance brand so it's definitely going to be more to come from that standpoint but it is definitely internal like i said our executives all of our uh, vice presidents and above are just very excited about what they're seeing on the product cadence coming down the pipeline and, and like i said from just to, talking with um fellow team members last week when we did the reveal plus the media impressions you're seeing out there it is just a general excitement that people just looking at Lexus a little more closer about now the performance aspect of it. And like I said, it is definitely an exciting time to be part of the brand here. So I'm looking forward to doing more of these type of discussions about not just this vehicle, but more stuff to come, like I said. And like I said, with our PR team on hand, like I said, it's just been fantastic with the reveals. We, we, we were very impressed by the numbers we saw of how much positive feedback we got on the vehicle. Usually, like you said, Carl, there's usually some negativity in general, but it was almost, I want to say, pretty close up in the high 90s about just how much love for this vehicle. Lauren? Well, I'm, I'm excited about the vehicle and all of its aspects. And I, and I spent a lot of time on your site looking at this vehicle when it came out and what Lexus has been doing as far as evolving a lot of your vehicles on performance. It seems like it's funny because you have such a great quality in SUVs, but are, are we benchmarking or is Toyota benchmarking the Germans or what, what's your like main target? Exactly. Like I said, like I said, we're we're definitely understanding the mid performance segment. There are definitely those vehicles that we should be uh, seg, uh, excuse me uh, benchmarking. That included like the Mercedes Benz C43 and the Audi S4. And at the same time, like I said, we had our own internal. Um, uh, discussions about how do we enhance the current model lineup from the IS. So the 350 is a great model, the IS 350 F-Sport, but it was what can we take it to the next level? So as you know, with the Lexus Dynamic Signature that we did our own, our, at our own internal test track, we took it to the new level with this vehicle here to benchmark our own cars to say, this is what this vehicle should do in order to Earlier discussions we talked about connect with the car more. When we're on the vehicle, they're fantastic luxury cars, but I need to get, feel it when I'm coming through the steering wheel, through the brakes, through the suspension and the chassis. So all these new platforms, it's been, it's been fantastic with the with the brand. So that is what we've been benchmarking with internally and externally. And like I said, we'll just continue to just keep trademarking, excuse me, benchmarking it to the next level. Like I said, we're very excited, like I said, some of the new vehicles that are coming down the pipeline here. So um, we cannot uh, go through a show this year uh, without talking about the pandemic. So how it's mm -hmm. been for you guys for the past year working, uh, you're in Plano, Texas, right, I assume? That is so correct, yes. How, how has it been like developing this car and the, all the planning and all that? How difficult it is and, and how much has changed and you think everything will eventually change uh, forever in the automotive industry because of this do you know if i get i give kudos tremendously to, to the company like i said i've been around for 20 plus years and like i said the work from home environment was definitely like in its infancy like you're thinking about it but once the it happened a year ago 
we always had our little here and there of working from home, but to do it from the full scale that we've done and not, if you will, miss a beat with launching of vehicles, selling of vehicles, still communicating with our dealerships, our 243 dealerships. It's been amazing in that aspect, of, aspect but at the same time, you learn to get, develop better relationships with our product planning, with our counterparts on TMC about doing video conferences to make sure that we launch this car. I, Ryan and I can tell you many, many, many meetings of how we've worked with uh, nightly meetings with TMC to make sure that we get the car here and reveal it and make sure we have all the proper information going forward. So it definitely, like I said, there were some growing pains maybe at the beginning a little bit, but like I said, now it's just like daily business. Now I can't speak for the full company, of course, how it's going to look when it all comes back. But I think we've all learned that there's a, there's a certain way that we can handle meetings and still have, um, able to discuss product without anything dramatically changing from the beginning to the end. But it's been a definitely a unique experience for this. Like I said, I wish it never happened, but at the same time, we're going to take the, the positives from it and build forward as a company. As you know, Kaizen is in our blood from the um, company. So we definitely do our continuous improvement to say, how can we just improve this whole process for the next level? Yeah, um, I can tell you, we don't like it because we want <laughs> to go to the racetrack. To drive, yes. Right, Carl? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I mean, on the one hand, we've all learned how you can actually be really efficient in getting information across when you can not have to try to wait till everyone's physically in a single location and have multiple waves. But the flip side, again, and you know, the three of us on, on, the, on the show here have talked about it repeatedly, you cannot get that electric kind of vibration and, and you know, that kind of atmosphere that you get when you're at an auto show or even at a, just an individual press launch for a single vehicle where you're talking to other people in person on the team who developed the vehicle, you're talking to the other journalists about their thoughts of it. And then of course, if you're driving it, that's just a whole nother level. So uh, I'm glad we've adapted and adopted as well as we have these new policies that are keeping things moving forward versus just doing nothing. But I think everyone's anxious to get back to um, physical uh, uh, Im you know, impressions that are based on being right next to the car and not just seeing it in the screen. Yep, I wholeheartedly agree. Like I said, it was until like, um, myself specifically is that we seeing the photos and seeing the car is wonderful, of course, but until I actually saw it a few weeks ago for the first time and you actually get it and you're like, oh, it's a whole different, and then hearing it and touching it and seeing the, the things that were done to the vehicle and just, like you said, physically just seeing the vehicle and then interacting, of course, safely with other individuals who were interested in the vehicle, executives, et cetera. But it was definitely a different world. And like I said, uh, I know we'll slowly get there. I know auto shows keep moving around here, but like I said, Javier, I think you brought up. So just speaking of a race, so the Sebring race that's happening in a couple of weeks in Florida is going to be the first uh, time that you'll see the IS 500 in public. So we're going to have it there at the track just for the have it part of the connection with the motorsports because it's very key for our motorsports team, of course. So that's one of the ideas of how it at that at least that racetrack to get it going. And hopefully there'll be some more opportunities in the near future for something like that, because we definitely want to keep that connection for those enthusiasts, for those who are out there who definitely, as we spoke earlier, Lauren, about the V8 power and all these other things that people just want to make sure that it's not been forgotten. It is definitely out there still. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, Lauren lives in Buffalo, but I think she's going to be in Florida in a few weeks or days, and I'm in Miami, so maybe we can meet there finally for something, oh, Lauren. There you go. Yeah, I'm in Florida a lot because uh, we, we're running around the races, but I think you're running with IMSA. We're running with Trans Am. Yeah. But IMSA, that doesn't yep. mean we won't come to an IMSA event. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. But that's smart because it's where you have your race car, and that's where your enthusiasts and your fans are, and it's great. You have to show them what you're doing on the street, not just on the track. 
Exactly. And to them, this is going to be the, like you said, we always have our RC, uh, the F models, the RCF in particular is out there right now. And this will be, like you said, the, it's the debut under the F performance brand where it's a, a little higher than our uh, current F Sport uh, 350 models, but not all the way to the F. It's that little part of their uh, wonderful F Sport family of just putting it that says, hey, if you're looking for an engine, you're looking for some suspension and brake enhancements without going full blown track um, ideas. If you don't need that, then here's a vehicle that's going to be just right in your wheelhouse, if you will. Well, thank you very much, Richard. Uh, and um, as I, I plan for, t we plan for 10 minutes and it's 20. So that tells you a lot because when there, the conversation is good, <laughs> you cannot that's good. Um, I'm really always happy it, to so. I'm happy to represent the brand, but like I said, I love, like I said, as myself and Ryan, we love talking about the product. Like I said, we're very excited. I'm glad you guys are excited for it as well. Like I said, look for it this fall. We'll have more opportunities, of course, in the next couple of months, you'll see it out there. But this fall, it'll be in the dealerships. And like I said, our dealership uh, panels and boards are all happy about it. So we're very excited about launching this vehicle this fall great thank you very much and uh, we'll be back with more in the next week. so Lauren and Carl let's continue with our um, imaginary trip to Plano Texas to visit with Toyota now we were with Lexus before and now with Toyota now we are with Michael Tripp who is the can we say still new Vice President of Vehicle Marketing and Communications, Michael? Javier, new will be the same for years. So new is always good with me, yes. <laughs> yeah, so we're here with Lauren, of course. And uh, Carl, how are you, Lauren? I'm doing good, Michael. Thank you for joining us. So lots of exciting things coming out of uh, Toyota, even through all of this pandemic. Yeah, thanks for having me. Crazy year, but uh, all things considered, we're, we feel fortunate to be where we are. Carl, you want to say hello? Hey, Michael. Yeah, uh, I feel like if we can get together even virtually now, it's uh, kind of a win since uh, we can't get together physically. Um, so we appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to us today. No, excited to be here. And, uh, you know, as long as we avoid the you're on mute comment that we get on all these calls, uh, we'll be in good shape. So thanks for having me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's try to pay attention. <laughs> So Michael, um, obviously Toyota is doing great. I mean, the latest product, like the Venza, the Sienna, the RAV4 Prime we watch in, is in really, really high demand. So a lot of, of a really cool, um, and in most cases, hybrid products, right? That's uh, the latest uh, from Toyota this uh, 2021. Yeah, if you look at the the lineup, I mean, historically, certainly we've been committed to hybrid for over 20 years. And it's interesting. I don't have to tell all of you who are so familiar with our industry. But, you know, for 20 years, we've been committed to hybrid really as our non-compromised electrified solution. And if you look at our lineup today at Toyota, we have 25 models. Um, really 11 of which have a, a hybrid or alternative powertrain solution if you consider Mirai. And if you look at our sales success, uh, continuing to leverage that great technology as a non-compromised electrified solution. Uh, Lauren, I know you always have questions about electrifying uh, media. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny. When I got the RAV4 Prime, I happened to go over, you know, I always try to see how much stuff I can get in the trunk just to get an idea of cubic feet. So I went over to BJ's, which is like Costco. It's a northeastern uh, warehouse. And I came out and there was a guy parked next to it with a Tesla Model 3. And he says, I got to look at this car. Can you unlock? Is this your car? And I'm like, I told him, I said, I'm a journalist. He asked me more questions about the car than anyone's ever asked me about the car. He says, I got to get rid of this Tesla. I've got nothing but problems with it. I goes, I, this is what I want. And the first thing I said to him is, good luck getting one. So yeah, maybe you can yeah. tell us about the limited uh, availability and when more are coming in because demand is crazy. 
Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I'm glad to hear that news. Not that I would ever knock any of our competition, but I think, as you know, from your experience, it really is a, a non-compromised solution. I mean, if you look at RAV4 Prime, you can drive, you know, 40-ish miles on uh, electric charge. And then if you do need to go further than that, then obviously you don't have to worry about that because you have the backup, which could be the traditional ICE or internal combustion motor. So when you look at demand right now, uh, yes, it is uh, it is higher than supply. So we're in the process now within obviously anything we can control of ramping up that supply so that we can get more of those vehicles into the marketplace. Uh, I think we've been pleasantly surprised and even outside some of the states, which have been a focus for us because of some of the state guidelines. Um, there's a lot of customers that are asking us for that vehicle, and the RAV in general has done fantastic for us. If you, if you look at overall that package, um, it's clearly been uh, a bit of the darling in that segment, you know, selling as many as we've been able to sell. So just another, I guess, version of RAV with RAV4 Prime and along with Prius Prime, an opportunity for us to continue to expand our plug-in hybrid offerings. Yeah. You know, Michael, it's been very fascinating for me to watch over the last 10 years, especially over the last like three to five years, going to a lot of the Toyota press conferences, there would be a question basically from uh, one or more of the other journalists. I never asked this question of how come you guys haven't done more for electric cars? How come you guys aren't getting more into electric cars? And the response from the Toyota folks was always, you know, very uh, appropriate and very measured. But I always felt like if you read between the lines, it was a very consistent answer. And the consistent answer seemed to be, we're not going to put out a pure electric car until it makes sense. And that means making sense on how good the car is, how much the car costs, how well it works for the consumer. We are not going to get sucked into putting out an electric car before we're ready to put out an electric car, and even more so before we think the market is ready for an electric car. And in the meantime, we've got these hybrids that we think are very effective alternative and I always thought that was fairly obviously your position or Toyota's position. And I always really agreed with that position. Uh, the push for electric cars has only gotten hotter in the last even six to 12 months, it seems like. Um, but I feel like Toyota's holding their kind of ground. And I feel like things like the Prime, the Toyota Prius Prime and the RAV4 Prime are great examples of what I still consider to be an excellent kind of midpoint between you know, electric cars may be costing as much as they should and having the range they should and having the infrastructure to support them that they should, none of which, in my opinion, really is up to where it needs to be today. And the internal combustion engine that doesn't ever do anything but burn uh, gas and, and emit CO2. I think hybrids and these extended range uh, plug-in ones are extremely effective as a bridge between there right now. I'm just wondering if you can put any more context in Toyota's position on that whole topic. Carl, first of all, thanks for the advocacy. And honestly, if we had more people like you, I wouldn't have a job. So the reality is I, I appreciate your comments. I mean, listen, I shared with you guys earlier, I spent a lot of time in Europe. And, um, you know, here, here's our point of view. As a company, we want to have a non-compromised diversity of powertrains based on what our guests, our consumers want and demand and based on their driving habits and patterns. And so when you look at our portfolio, and we talked about this earlier, we have 25 models. And I know you asked about hybrid earlier, but if you if you look at all non-internal combustion engines last year in the United States, we had well over 40% of that share, I think closer to 45% of that share and, and almost 70, 70% of the, of the true hybrid share. And, and, you know, I, I often was asked this question when I worked overseas and I, I always answer by saying, what do you define as an electric vehicle? It has to have two components, right? It has to have a battery 
right? And it has to have an electric motor. And we, for 20 years, have had batteries and electric motors in our car. The real question is, how are you going to charge and support those two components in your vehicle? And we believed, especially in the United States, by the way, I just got back from spring break with my family, where I drove 150-odd miles to, to Copper Mountain, Colorado skiing. It was a great trip. And the reality is, if I didn't have either an internal combustion engine and or a hybrid powertrain or an awful lot of time on my hands, I couldn't have taken one of those other powertrains. I mean, even if we had, uh, you know, I would love if we had some of the hydrogen we have in California with Mirai, because I think I could get there on two tanks of, of hydrogen pretty quickly, but we don't have the infrastructure yet in the United States as part of the United States. So my, my answer is we believe the consumer should decide based on their driving patterns and their needs, what powertrain they want, and we should deliver a portfolio of powertrains that meet their needs based on the driving patterns, and there should be no compromise. And I think if you look again, spending time in Europe, I have no, listen, Pure BEV or PHEV are great solutions in the right market for the right customer, which is why, as we've announced recently, we're getting into that marketplace. But I think you nailed it. It needs to be based on consumer demand and driving patterns, and it should not be a compromised solution. I also think it's interesting when you look at today's drivers in the U.S., pure EV typically is a second or a third car in the garage and the average consumer drives less than 100 miles a day, which is why I would argue, um, as Lauren was talking about earlier, the RAV4 Prime is a great solution because you could drive that. So listen, we're, we're super excited and proud of our history and heritage in, in hybrids because we believe they're a non-compromised solution, while at the same time, we continue to expand our powertrain lineup so that we can be uh, with the right powertrain where our guests want based on their driving patterns and, and their desires. And Michael also has to make sense financially for the company, right? I mean, you have to make money selling electrified cars. Yeah, yeah, for sure, right? I mean, obviously we have shareholders and stakeholders that uh, expect us to turn a profit. And, and that's why, again, I mean, I, I always use an example, not unlike investments in, you know, rather it's a 401k or wherever your investments are. I think a portfolio a portfolio or a diversified strategy usually makes the most sense. And uh, certainly that's the case with us. It, yeah, we, we need to turn a profit, but we also need to make sure that it's what our guests need based on true demand and not other influences, which we see certainly in other countries around the world that are driving some of these other technologies. I think Lauren, uh, you're also excited about other Toyota car that has come up recently, which is the Supra, right? Yeah, the Supra is one of my favorite vehicles. I know it's bringing it back like you brought back the Venza. But one of the things about the Supra is they're great race cars. I have a friend running two of them in IMSA, and they're really a blast. I mean, if you haven't driven the new Supra, I think that it just gives you that feeling of being a kid again. I mean, just Although I started racing as a kid, I, I think it's a blast. And I know you've had great luck. I would love to see even more horsepower in one of them. Is that a possibility? <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, the two biggest questions I've gotten since uh, I got this job uh, at the beginning of the year with Supra. One, um, when can I get one drive, one with more horsepower? And then the other question you guys can guess, I won't even say it. What do you think the second question is I get? Manual transmission? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> When's the manual transmission come? <laughs> so, you know, obviously for us, that vehicle, listen, I, I said earlier, I've been with the company for 26 years and I had the pleasure of uh, of wholesaling and being involved with our dealers with, uh, you know, the original Super, if you were, which was fantastic. And to bring that legendary brand back 
not only for enthusiasts, but also for a whole generation who maybe only was exposed to that car, if you will, through the Fast and the Furious has been exciting for us. Um, we think there's great opportunity with that vehicle. Um, and obviously, it, it fulfills a niche role with us. It's also interesting when you start talking about alternative powertrains and how that vehicle fits in our lineup. But, um, you know, I will commit to you, we're going to continue to invest uh, in that vehicle because we, too, share your passion and the opportunity and uh, some of the requests that we're getting uh, aren't falling on deaf ears. And so we'll see what the future of Super is. But we, we equally love that car. I have to jump in here, and this is just too bizarre, right? Um, so we've all probably heard of the site uh, Bring a Trailer, and I happened to have uh, opened it up this morning, and one of the cars that uh, was on there ending today was a 1993 Toyota Supra Turbo. And it, as I'm saying these words right now, it is crossing one minute and 40 seconds before the, the, uh, uh, cert, the um, auction ends. And it was about, it was at $46,000 uh, like two minutes ago. Now it's at 48750 Oh. Yeah, it just got set reset again. So you never, you guys know how these auctions work. The last two minutes is when all the actual bidding it's happens. All of it. so we'll see when we'll see where this thing lands. But it's a it's a ninety three. It's a turbo black, um, and it only it has like ninety four thousand miles on it. But it sounds like it's in very good shape, clean Carfax and everything. So oh, I got a uh, bid on that. Hold on. I, I, was, I, was I know, say, Carl. <laughs> Carl, my bet it's either Lauren or Michael Kroll, who our PR guy, who's on quiet right now. He's bidding on it. So. <laughs> It's not me it's, because I can't multitask. It looks like a beautiful car. It looks it's in Newberry Park, so it's very convenient for me to run up. It's, it's funny. It's actually within miles of one of the guys that I that Mike Harley, who I know in this industry really well, and I texted him earlier today. And I said, if I buy this, will you pick it up for me? Knowing when he saw where it was located, he's like, yeah, it's probably within about a three minute drive of me right now. So wow, real interaction during the show. I love that. I love so it. Michael, I love it. Uh, See, you can't well, do that if we host you here on campus. We can't do that. So there you go. Virtual. <laughs> So Michael, I'll keep you guys. I'll keep you guys updated on the price. It just jumped to forty nine five, and it's got reset for two wow. minutes. Again. All right, sorry, sorry. Go, Javier. <laughs> yeah. So while we were talking, I was trying to remember when was the last uh, big event we were with Toyota, and I think it was actually CES in Vegas in uh, January twenty twenty. So right before the pandemic, and I know it's been a really crazy year. But one of the main uh, announcements that was made there was about the Toyota Woven City in uh, Japan, right? Where uh, all the hydrogen uh, technology was going to be applied and all that. Uh, is there any update with that? Because that was supposed to start construction, I guess, this year. But with the pandemic, everything probably had changed. Uh, can you give us an update on that? Yeah, if you look at the investment of Woven City, which... It, you know, if you if you do a little Google and you'll find out, we actually did break ground. It's, uh, if I remember correctly, about 175 acres right at the yeah. base of Mount Fuji. Um, and really where we wanted to bring together, uh, to accelerate, if you will, the smart city around this idea of where you live, where you work, and where you play. And so we have continued that project, even in the, if you will, in, with the challenges of the pandemic, uh, to bring in not only industry, but outside industry, you know, really big thinkers to to bring together the future of mobility. And if you, again, I know you're familiar with our company and as proud as what we've done really in the automotive industry, this evolution of, of moving towards mobility and mobility for, for all, which automotive has a component, um, but also this idea of smart city and, and where we live, work and play in, in that type of environment. So um, we broke ground, uh, the project is underway and we've even created 
um, you know, our, our company, our organization under this idea of woven planet, which has three different pillars, one about automation and really kind of driving a technology, uh, another one about investing in, in other companies and resources, and then, um, really how we can innovate and expand our business. So we're full speed ahead with an asterisk, whatever full speed ahead means in the COVID environment, but we're excited okay. about those innovative projects because I think, you know, we've built our company on Kaizen, which as you know, is continuous improvement, but we really are about the velocity of Kaizen now, which we think is innovation and that's continuous uh, investment and improvement and innovative ideas so that we can not only continue to, to try to lead this industry, but other industries as well. Yeah, it's a really fascinating when you talk about Toyota because there are so many topics. I mean, we just touched barely on the surface three, uh, maybe four, but it's, I mean, we can, we can be talking for hours, but uh, unfortunately we are running out of time here. So thank you very much. Lauren, you, any final thoughts? No, I'm just looking forward to seeing more good things. I've been really pleased, you know, with the minivan, the Sienna, bringing back the Venza, which I am a huge fan of, by the way. And the Mirai's, a lot of neat things coming out of Toyota. I'm expecting even more excitement. Thanks, 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 Lauren. I, I, you know, both of those vehicles are 100% hybrid, as you know. And uh, Mr. Curls promised we're going to get together for some event this year sometime. So, um, you know, obviously safety willing, we're going to do it. So awesome. Yeah, and uh, I want to be. Uh, I want to see you guys in person too. It's been too long. Uh, uh, Mr. Kroll and I uh, used to get to see each other on a regular basis, and uh, I miss him, and I miss I miss all the Toyota team. So it'd be great to get together. By the way, Super Now fifty four thousand dollars. It was forty six thousand just about uh, seven minutes, six or seven minutes ago, and now fifty four thousand. I yeah, got my eye so. on this, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great. It's a cool car. It's a great. It car, is really so. cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, say let's say goodbye for this week. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back uh, with another episode next week. So let's go back and beat on that car. Okay. Bye. <laughs> so see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. For more, check us out online at totalcarscore.com. <laughs>